Please open your Bible to Luke chapter 4. In the recording that follows, we will be reading several portions of Scripture that demonstrate the need not only to be students of God's Word, but also to become doers of the Word of God. As we listen to the reading of Luke 4, 1 through 13, please note what helped Jesus to do the will of God. Now Jesus, full of Holy Spirit, turned away from the Jordan, and he was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, while being tempted by the devil. Furthermore, he ate nothing in those days, and so when they were concluded, he felt hungry. At this the devil said to him, If you are a son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus replied to him, It is written, Man must not live by bread alone. So he brought him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the inhabited earth in an instant of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this authority and the glory of them, because it has been delivered to me and to whomever I wish I give it. You, therefore, if you do an act of worship before me, it will all be yours. In reply, Jesus said to him, It is written, It is Jehovah your God you must worship, and it is to him alone you must render sacred service. Now he led him into Jerusalem and stationed him upon the battlement of the temple and said to him, If you are a son of God, Hurl yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give his angels a charge concerning you to preserve you, and they will carry you on their hands, that you may at no time strike your foot against a stone. In answer, Jesus said to him, It is said, You must not put Jehovah your God to the test. So the devil having concluded all the temptation, retired from him until another convenient time. Did you notice that Jesus answered Satan with a firm voice indicating a deep love for God? Resolve now in advance to be a doer of God's word no matter what temptations you face. Jesus' knowledge of the Scriptures helped him resist temptation. He was able to remember the Word of God and quote from it. You can imitate Christ by inculcating Bible principles into your mind and heart. Satan had observed that Jesus had not eaten for 40 days. Did you notice that he did not tell Jesus to turn a stone into a bar of gold? No, Satan knew that Jesus would be hungry so he told him to turn the rock into a loaf of bread. Realize that the devil will test us where we seem the most vulnerable. Be prepared to do the will of God. Find your place now at Luke 4.14. As you follow along with the reading of verses 14 through 30, ask yourself, how would I respond if I suddenly faced fierce opposition? Now Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and good talk concerning him spread out through all the surrounding country.
He cures every kind of disease and infirmity. And his teachings are far superior to those of men of great learning. Also, he began to teach in their synagogues, being held in honor by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been reared. And according to his custom on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue, and he stood up to read. So the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed him, and he opened the scroll and found the place where it was written, Jehovah's Spirit is upon me, because he anointed me to declare good news to the poor. He sent me forth to preach a release to the captives, and a recovery of sight to the blind, to send the crushed ones away with a release, to preach Jehovah's acceptable year. With that, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were intently fixed upon him. Then he started to say to them, Today, this scripture that you just heard is fulfilled. And they all began to give favorable witness about him and to marvel at the winsome words proceeding out of his mouth. And they were saying, He is so wonderful and well-spoken. This is a son of Joseph, is it not? At this he said to them, No doubt you will apply this illustration to me. Physician, cure yourself. The things we heard as having happened in Capernaum do also here in your home territory. But he said, Truly I tell you that no prophet is accepted in his home territory. For instance, I tell you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, so that a great famine fell upon all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of those women, but only to Zarephath and the land of Sidon, to a widow. Also, there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but Naaman, the man of Syria. How dare he insinuate that we are not deserving of his miracles? Who does he think he is? He's just one of Joseph's sons. Now all those hearing these things in the synagogue became filled with anger. He deserves to die! To the top of the mountain! And they rose up and hurried him outside the city, and they led him to the brow of the mountain upon which their city had been built, in order to throw him down headlong. Where did he go? I thought you had hold of him. He was here just moments ago. But he went through the midst of them and continued on his way. Did you imagine how Jesus felt when people whom he knew from boyhood tried to kill him? Opposition can come from within one's family, culture, or community. In addition to his close relationship with Jehovah, what else strengthened Jesus to remain steadfast? In verse 16, it is clear that his custom was to meet together with others for scriptural encouragement. Do you meet regularly with others so as to do God's will despite opposition? As you read the Word of God, you will benefit if you dig a little deeper. For example, did you notice in verse 26 that Jesus mentioned a widow who lived in Zarephath? That is a reference to what is stated at 1 Kings chapter 17. Open your Bible to that chapter. 
If you glance at 1 Kings 17, 1-7, you will see that a famine was predicted. Now, put yourself in the widow's place. You have only one meal left for you and your child. Take up the reading at 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. The word of Jehovah now came to Elijah, saying, Rise up, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and you must dwell there. Look, I shall certainly command there a woman, a widow, to supply you food. Accordingly, he rose up and went to Zarephath and came into the entrance of the city. Oh, my back! <sighs> and look, a woman, a widow, was there gathering up pieces of wood. So he called to her and said, Please, get me a sip of water in a vessel that I may drink. Yes, yes, I will. When she began to go and get it, he went on to call to her and say, Please, get me a bit of bread in your hand. At this she said, as Jehovah your God is living, I have no round cake but a handful of flour in the large jar and a little oil in the small jar. And here I am gathering up a few pieces of wood, and I must go in and make something for myself and my son, and we shall have to eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go in, do according to your word. Only, from what is there, make me a small round cake first, and you must bring it out to me. And for yourself and your son, you can make something afterward. For this is what Jehovah the God of Israel has said. The large jar of flour itself will not get exhausted and the small jar of oil itself will not fail until the day of Jehovah's giving a downpour upon the surface of the ground. So she went and did according to Elijah's word, and she continued to eat, she together with him and her household for days. The large jar of flour itself did not get exhausted, and the small jar of oil itself did not fail. According to Jehovah's word, that he had spoken by means of Elijah. What lesson can we learn from that account? When facing financial problems, will we continue to make sacrifices to support spiritual activities? The widow of Zarephath trusted that Jehovah would provide for her family's needs. But her troubles seemed to multiply. Follow along as we resume the reading at 1 Kings 17.17 17 to verse 24. And it came about after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness came to be so severe that there was no breath left in him. Oh, no! Elijah! Elijah! 
At this she said to Elijah, What do I have to do with you, O man of the true God? You have come to me to bring my error to mind and to put my son to death. (laughs) But he said to her, Give me your son. Then he took him from her bosom and carried him up to the roof chamber where he was dwelling and laid him upon his own couch. And he began calling to Jehovah and saying, O Jehovah, my God, is it also upon the widow with whom I am residing as an alien that you must bring injury by putting her son to death? And he proceeded to stretch himself upon the child three times and call to Jehovah and say, O Jehovah, my God, please cause the soul of this child to come back within him. O Jehovah, please give him life. Please, O Jehovah, cause the soul of this boy to come back so that he may live. Finally, Jehovah listened to Elijah's voice so that the soul of the child came back within him and he came to life. Elijah now took the child and brought him down from the roof chamber into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah then said, See, your son is alive. Upon that, the woman said to Elijah, (gasps) He's alive? He's alive! My little boy lives! Oh, Elijah, now indeed I do know that you are a man of God and that Jehovah's word in your mouth is true. Did you feel the widow's grief? Previously, she lost her husband in death, and now her only son. Have you lost a loved one in death? Like the widow, some at first irrationally blamed Jehovah. Did you hear the compassion in Elijah's voice? He did not reprove the widow for her wild talk toward God. Were you able to visualize the mother hugging her resurrected son? Now, for a moment, think about hugging your loved one in the coming resurrection. Continue to benefit from not only reading the Word of God with meaning, but also applying it to your own circumstances. Yes, become not just a hearer, but a doer of God's Word.